1NZ has one awesome summer lined up for you. This is The Serve with Ricardo Ball on SENZ. It's three past 11. Welcome to The Serve, the very first of our tennis shows that we're going to be doing every Monday from 11 o'clock right through until the start of the Australian Open. Brought to you by One New Zealand. One New Zealand has one awesome summer of sport lined up for you and our first guest. It seems only appropriate to get the tournament director of the ASB Classic and to start the show, Nicholas Lamprin. Congratulations on the new gig and welcome into the studio. Thank you, and good morning, everyone. Yeah, how how is it? How is being in the in the hot seat as the tournament director of of this tournament now? Um, it's pretty big role, you know, especially after um, you know the the tournament being off the calendar for the last two years. Mm. Um, there's a lot of expectations from, I guess, the fans, the media, and all the, the stakeholders um, to deliver a top notch event, um, and so that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, I mean. When did you actually take the seat and how much has COVID disrupted what you were trying to do? Um, I took over at the end of May, start of early June. Mm. Um, it was on and off the first few months because I, I wasn't in the country, so I had to work re- remotely. Um, we haven't really had any issue with, with, with COVID this year because basically the, the decision to restart the, the tournament was taken once we had the guarantee that the borders would reopen. So it was fine for this year, but the fact that the tournament's been cancelled the last two years actually has uh, created a lot of challenge on the organisation. Yeah, and, and what about, you know, I mean, I, I used to talk to Cal Budge regularly, your predecessor, and there was a lot of, you know, relationship building with players and with their managers and, and, and coaches and things. And uh, did, did that make it more difficult to attract people because of the uncertainty? Um, I think it's fine now, but there, there was obviously a lot of questions about you know players and and, and managers about you know the, the conditions of entry in New Zealand, and, and we'll still get a few. Um, there's always some concern about you know, especially the weeks before Grand Slam, moving from one country to another. Um, you know, players want to make sure they're not they're not going to be stuck, um, and and the fact that all these rules that have relaxed now actually play, played in our favour. Um, so I guess yeah, players are now pretty happy to come and 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 feeling um, secure about the fact that they're going to be able to go to Australia and play the tournament. Yeah. Now I mean, it's a WTA and ATP event, obviously the ASP Classic. Does that give you a little bit more scope in terms of that you're talking to both male and female players and agents and things than say a tournament that would be just one or the other? Um. Not really. I think it, it's just important for us to have these these two tournaments back to back. They're 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 in the, in the place in the calendar, which is very important in the in the lead up to the Australian Open. Um, all the players come off uh, from you know from the off season. They've been training really really hard, and they're after matches. So this is a time of the year when you want to test your match fitness, uh, because a week later you'll be playing in Melbourne best of five for, for, for the guys so this is a, a crucial time of the year for them Yeah, in terms of who you're competing against for players uh, I know Brisbane Sydney, uh, Adelaide are those, the, are those the three that you have to worry about? So it's sli- slightly different this year um, there's been uh, the creation of a new competition called the United Cup uh, which takes over from the, the uh, ATP Cup so now it's pretty much the same format, but it's a mixed team event, so men and, and, and women. Um, and at the same time, uh, Brisbane moved to Adelaide. Um, they have a 500 that week. So we, we're competing against against this tournament. So 
Um, we, were, we were lucky to be early in the market because, you know, Tennis Australia was still trying to figure out what, what the best calendar was, was going to be for them next year. Um, and I guess we, we managed to pick the, the players that we wanted. Yeah, which is fantastic. I mean, looking at the the women's draw, I mean, Emma Raducanu, Coco Goff. I mean, you've you've got two of the of, of the biggest up and coming players in the women's game. Yeah, I think that's you know, something that we we want to make sure uh, that we could bring to the the, the, the fans in, in New Zealand. You know, they've they've been starved of tennis for for the last two years. Uh, twenty twenty was the year when when Serena was there, so um, there was uh, a strong expectation. Uh, from us to to deliver on the player field, and I I believe this is what we've done. And there's a couple of uh, teenage sisters you've got coming out uh, who are from the Czech Republic as well. The uh, Fruvratova sisters, have I got that right? Yes, I, ju- I just call them Linda and Brenda. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably a lot easier that way. Uh, no, it's um, you know it's the kind of story that we want to tell the the public and and create along the way. Um, the, these two sisters are really special. They've been in the radar of, you know, the likes of Nike or the agencies like IMG for like five or six years already. Um, one's 17, the other one's uh, 15. The 17-year-old uh, won a first title this year, um, WTA 250 in Chennai. Uh, and the younger one went on to uh, winning five ITF tournaments in a row. So that's 25 match wins wow. in a row, which is very, very special. Yeah. Um, so I have a very good relationship with our agent. Um, we had discussions about, you know, bringing them to Auckland. And we also believe it was the right time for Brenda, who's the younger one, to get a, a taste of what, what it is to play on, on, on the tour. Um, so we're really happy to, to give a, a wild card for the, for the tournament. Yeah. Are they going to play doubles together as well as play singles? I'm not sure at this stage. Okay. No. Okay. It's, a, it's one to keep an eye on because that was something, um, you know, that I think the ASB Classic has, in the past has been famous for. It's spotting that talent before they blow up and, and having them here, right? Yes. Um, and, and, you know, also, you know, when, when you're competing with bigger events, the, the, the same week you need to be, smart or creative about the way you you build your, your, your player field. So there's always going to be some very strong competitions for the maybe, let's say, the top five girls in the world. But there's a lot of talent out there. So this is our job to go and find it um, and make sure we can attract them and, and build a relationship over the years so they like to come back up. You know, we've had a text come through from Maggie. Um, and she's just said, uh, can Nicholas tell us who has the broadcast rights for the ASB Classic? Yes. So the tournament will be live uh, every day on Sky Sport. Sky Sport uh, will for, have it. For the two weeks, yes. Yeah, there you go, Maggie. So I hope that answers a question for you. I've uh, got two weeks of it, of course. Uh, in, in terms of on the men's side of things, um, the wildcard Makeup is slightly different this time. In, in the past, there would be a wild card given to an up-and-coming New Zealand or a top New Zealand player that's maybe just outside of qualifying, but it's uh, going to be done slightly differently this time around. Yeah, we changed the, the system a little bit. Um, again, we, we, we're still trying to reward New Zealand players and we want to give them the opportunity to play at the SB Classic. Um, the way we work this year is we're organising a playoff. Uh, so during the... Mm, uh, the week before the SB Classic, there will be uh, a tournament played at uh, Scarborough Tennis Centre with all the top uh, Kiwi players. Uh, the winner will be awarded a Mendro wildcard and the runner-up a Qualies wildcard. It doesn't mean that the other wildcards won't go to Kiwi players, mm-hmm. but we're trying to encourage the Kiwi players to go that route uh, because this is 
probably the, the, the safest way for them to, to play at the ASB Classic. Yeah, and those games, are they going to be broadcast at all? Is, is, is that um, planned? No, not at this stage. Not at this no, stage? Oh, no. Okay, all right. Well, look, look forward to that. In terms of who we've got coming from uh, a, a men's point of view, um, who excites you the most that we're going to see here um, at Stanley Street? Well, there's there's a lot of stories uh, behind behind the players that are coming. Um, just, just to give you one, you know, we... Um, I've had the first set of discussion with with Casper uh, Rude at the French Open. Yeah. Um, it, in my mind, it was always going to be you know top ten, but probably eight, nine, or ten, just just top ten. Um, and then he's had an unbelievable year. You know, played final French Open, final U.S. Open, and final at the uh, ATP Masters. Um, he was ranked as high as number two after the U.S. Open. He's still number three now. So to be able to bring a, a, a player of that caliber the week before the Australian Open is, is really something special. Yeah, looking forward to looking forward to seeing him. Uh, who else do you think um, people will be excited to see? And I mean, given we have a lot of players on the tour, like you know, Big John Isner, obviously, you know, he lives on his serve. But we love to see the serve and volley players as well, the guys that get to the net a bit. Who else? Who are you, who are you excited to see? Um, Olga Rune, it's another uh, amazing story. We, you know, we signed him. He was just top thirty, uh, and then went on to an unbelievable run at the end of the season. You know, four finals in a row, two titles, winning his first Masters, uh, one thousand, beat, beating Novak Djokovic in, in the final. So he's, I think, he's eleven in the world, but he was ten after Bercy because he um, Paris Bercy because he dropped some points. Um, he's already training. <laughs> He's now being coached uh, with uh, Patrick Moratoglu, who's very familiar with the tournament because he used to coach Serena when, when, when she won the event. Mm. Um, so to be, to be able to bring him back to Auckland is really something that we're looking forward. And I won't forget, um, you know, Cam Norrie, yep. uh, you know, to bring some local flavor. Um, as people might remember, you know, Cam grew up in New Zealand. Uh, he learned the game in New Zealand and... That's also a way to reward the, the, the New Zealand um, tennis uh, and, and training system, which is often criti- criticized, but you know, there's, there's been, he's, he's the perfect example of a huge success. So, um, f- you know, his family is still here. He's, uh, he's, he's, a, he's a local, so it w- he was um, a really important player for us to, to, to bring back to Auckland. Yeah, what about Ben McLaughlin? Where's he at at the moment? Um, I think he's still playing doubles. Yeah. Because um, he's been here before, so I wondered, yes. you know, I mean, what a what a Davis Cup team we'd have if we had Ben and Cam and Mike Venus and, and AG Rye as well. You know, it would, yeah. it would look pretty good, wouldn't it? No, no, for sure. Um, I, I'm not sure what Ben's schedule is uh, for for next year. I know his brother's still here because he's coaching at the, the Lavie Academy. Yeah. Uh, but we'll, we'll be glad to have him, yes. Yeah, it'd be, great. It'd be fantastic. Uh, now, it feels like, from what you were talking about, the way you're spotting talent, you know, spotted a guy you thought might be 9 or 10, uh, he ends up 3, you spotted a guy that might be 30, he ends up having a good... It feels like almost playing the stock market doing your job. To some degree, yes. Yeah. Um, you know, when, when you sign a player, you always need to think about where he's going to be in the next six months, mm. and and that's that's a challenge. So... Um, I guess, you know, someone like Olga Runa is the perfect example. He was top 30, he, he could only go upwards. Um, so it was it was very important to sign him at the right time. Otherwise, you know, the price might, might, might be more yeah. uh, a few months later. On the other hand, um, 
you know, someone like Raducanu, for example, she was top 10 in July. So it was probably not the right time to have that conversation. Uh, but I knew that after the US Open, the situation might be different because it was a, a massive challenge ahead of her to defend all these points. Mm. So the timing of the discussions, um, but also the way you see the players go in the rankings in, 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 in the next few months is very critical to, to the way you build your player field. Yeah. In terms of, you know, we've talked about the men's having the wild card play in for the New Zealand players. What are you doing on the women's side? For so we, we're doing exactly the same on the women's side, okay, yes. Cool. So there will be a playoff as well. Yeah, yeah, all right. And but you like to keep a wild card or two up your sleeve because you never know what might happen. I have seen a story where Venus Williams has said, well, look, I'd love to continue to play. Is, uh, is that someone that might be on your radar if she decided that she wanted to come and have a hit here before Melbourne? Uh, she's on the radar and she approached us. Um, the, the main decision behind uh, her coming or not to Auckland will, will depend on what the Australian Open says. Right. Um, I think she wants to play the Australian Open. She's applied for a wildcard there. So depending on what the outcome is, she might she might come back to Auckland. Yeah, well, that'll be how, how much of a draw card is that for you? I mean, I mean, I know tickets are available and tickets are selling well because you've got so many stars, but just a name like that, you know, you might be able to say to somebody on the street, Emma Raducanu, they don't know who that is, but everybody knows who Venus Williams is. But she's, uh, you know, one of the biggest champion of the game. Um, so, of course, if, if Venus wants to come, she, she's, she's a, a, almost uh, welcome. Um, and she's not going to be there forever. So um, any opportunity to, to, to get a chance to see, uh, you know, pe- people should, should take it. Yeah, definitely. And, and what's your job look like between now and the tournament starting? I mean, are you done in terms of recruiting or are you still having conversations? No, pretty much done in terms of uh, recruiting. Um, we'll still obviously... A bit of work to do on the on the wildcard situation. Yeah, um, there's there's still some opportunities available, and I don't want to take decisions too fast because I'm I'm also conscious about you know the United Cup being played earlier on this year, um, and I know that you know most players will be done the Wednesday of week one, which means that they will have ten days ahead of them before the start of the Australian Open. So depending on how they do at the United Cup, they might be looking for additional playing opportunities. Um, which could work in our, in our, in our favour. Mm. So I, I want to keep that door open. Yeah. Uh, another player that is coming here is who's won here before, and she feels like a player that needs a bit of consistency because she's a player that is, I think, capable of a lot, but we just haven't seen enough of it. That's Sloane Stevens. Yes. I mean, Sloane's got, got a, a very good record with the, with the, the tournament here. Um, as you would remember, she, she won the US Open, so she's a Grand Slam champion. Mm. Um, a form's been on and off the the, the, the last few years. Um, I want to believe that you know she's made some changes at the at the end of last season, um, and and she started to 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 get some more wins. Um, so hopefully she'll have a good preparation and, and have a, a, a very good season next year. Yeah, indeed. All right, Nicholas. Thanks very much for coming in, mate. I know you're a busy man. You've got things to do. So I appreciate your time. I appreciate you coming to see us. And uh, we look forward to, to seeing that tournament get underway uh, in the new year. Thanks for your time. Thanks for having me. Uh, Thank anytime, you. Anytime. Nicholas Lamprin there, the tournament director of the ASB Classic. This is The Serve with 1NZ. 1NZ has one awesome summer of sport lined up for you. We'll be back with the latest in tennis news next.
Here's the serve. It is our brand new tennis show here on SENZ. This is uh, the very first edition of the serve. It is 11.23. Coming up, actually, we have something we're going to do, uh, which we're going to do each week as well. We're going to give you the opportunity to win a double pass to a corporate box with us here from SENZ for the tennis, for the ASB Classic. So if you want to win uh, a double pass and be hosted by us at the ASB Classic, all you got to do is text us double eight double three double eight double three with your name, and we might ring you back. And if we ring you back, we've got three true or false questions for you. Okay, if you get the true or false questions right, then uh, you are in that draw to win a double pass to... Um, Sit with us and enjoy some tennis at the ASB Classic in the new year. 1NZ has an awesome summer lined up for you. Vodafone customers can also win one ultimate Australian tennis experience at vodafone.co.nz slash events as well. So make sure if you're on Vodafone, go check that out. And uh, an ultimate Australian tennis experience. I wonder what that could be. Probably in Melbourne would be my pick. Uh, let's have a look at the latest in tennis news. Seven-time Grand Slam champion Venus Williams has hinted she will return in 2023 as she admits she would like to play again. The Williams, who turned 42 in June, was out of singles action for a year before returning to action in August at the City Open in Washington. During the North American hardcourt swing, Williams appeared in four tournaments and picked up four first-round defeats. Williams last played at the US Open first rounds where she also competed uh, with her sister in doubles so they picked up a first round defeat there as well so a lot of first round uh, going out but she has said this, a lot of people have been asking me, are you going to play again? I love tennis and I'd love to play again I will let you know exactly when, I've been honestly hitting the court a lot and let me tell you, when I hit the court right after the doubles match that we played in the US Open, so uh, yeah, maybe and then of course Nicholas did mention she had been in touch um, so maybe we will get to see her at the ASB Classic. Now tennis.com have released their stats of the year as well how's this, a stat? How's this for a stat in terms of uh, one of the absolute goats uh, Rafa Nadal becomes the first player in tennis history to win multiple majors in three different decades and then goes on to make it even more historic when Rafael Nadal won the Australian Open this year, he became the first player ever, male or female, to win two or more Grand Slam titles in three different decades. It was his second of the 2020s, and he had already won six in the 2000s and 13 in the 2010s. As if that wasn't historic enough, he then won up his own record by winning at Roland Garros, now becoming the first player ever to win three or more majors in three different decades. Speaking of uh, stats, Tennis.com also released the lists of players with the most match wins for 2022. And for the women, it was no contest. Igor Fiatek completely dominated, piling up 67 wins this year, 20 more than the second player on the list, which is uh, Ons Jabeur, who had 47. And the most in a season since Serena Williams won a ridiculous 78 matches back in 2013. The men's race, that was far, far tighter. Stefano Tsitsipas, just edged out Felix Oga Aliasemi. Uh, it was 61 to 60, and it's the first time that two different men have had 60 or more wins in a season since 2016. Andy Murray had 78 this year, and Novak Djokovic had 65 in that year. So there you go. Uh, end of the year, number one was Carlos Alcaraz, of course, 
He had 57 wins uh, for the year. So, yeah, it's a it's a who's who. It really is. Casper uh, Root, who is going to be here, is on that list as well. This is what it looks like. Setsipas, 61 wins. Ogur Alessami, 60 wins. Alcaraz, 57. Andre Rublev, 51. Casper Root, 51. Cam Norrie. The Kiwi slash Brit, 49. Yannick Sinner, 47. Alex Di Manure, the Aussie, 47. Taylor Fritz, 46. And Daniel Medvedev had 45. So there you go. That is the latest in tennis news for you. Uh, reminder, if you want to go to the tennis and sit with SENZ, be hosted by SENZ. We have a double pass to give away through the serve thanks to One New Zealand. And basically all it means is text us through double eight double three with your name. And at the end of the show today, we're going to call back and the we're going to do this every week. Three questions, true or false. You get them right, you get the third one right at least. You're in the draw to win that double pass and be hosted by SENZ at the ASB Classic next year. That is how things are looking, all right? Uh, it is 11.29, just about time for the latest in news and sports. Still to come, that opportunity uh, to play our true or false game, which is called, of course, you cannot be serious after the famous John McEnroe quote. And Jeff Simpson as well, former Davis Cup captain and professional player himself, now coach. He is going to join us soon. Right now, though, here is the latest in news and sport. It's 29 away from midday. This is The Serve on SENZ, our tennis show, thanks to 1NZ. 1NZ has one awesome summer lined up for you. Vodafone customers can win one ultimate Australian experience at vodafone.co.nz slash events. So if you are a Vodafone customer, get amongst that with 1NZ. Joining us now to talk tennis is Jeff Simpson. Jeff, welcome to the very first edition of The Serve. How are you? Very good. Thanks, Ricardo. Thanks for having me on. Mate, a pleasure. A pleasure. Thanks for doing it. Uh, we just had Nicholas uh, Lamprin on the ASB Classic Tournament Director, and we talked a little bit about how we've got a play-in tournament uh, for the Kiwis here to win a wild card into the main draw and the runner-up to win a uh, wild card into the qualifying as well. What do you make of this as a, a different way of, I guess, um, rewarding our best players? Well, I think everybody knows it's on, and anybody that's really keen to to, to try and get into the ASB Classic, it's a it's a great opportunity for them. Um, I, I think that you know guys could know know that they're going to you know know that they're going to have this tournament. They can prepare for it, and you know to play in front of their home crowd and get the opportunity to play against these top players at that level. They don't get that opportunity too much, so I think it's a great idea. I guess the the timing of it as well ahead of you know say the Australian Open for example where some of our youngsters uh, may go and have have an opportunity um, it gives them a, a level of competition they might not normally get at this time of year even the play in competition is something that they might norm, not normally get at this time of year. Yeah, no, it is good. I, you know, I remember when we with the tournaments before we used to have you know the residentials uh, a long time ago right before the qualifying. So it gave those guys, you know, they could train hard, play the residentials, get a few matches, and then go into the qualifying. Or if they were lucky enough to get a wild card, go into the tournament and um, and the ASB, you know, uh, you know the, the main draw. And, and that prepares them um, for, you know, for the year coming up too. You know, you've got to remember that. To play these players at that level is a, is a great experience for these players. Yeah, very much so, mate. I mean, who are some of the names that you think we should be looking out for? Because, you know, outside of Mike Venus, um, there's not too many household names, I guess, in tennis from a New Zealand point of view these days. 
Well, there's a lot of younger players coming back. I don't know the, the kids that are, who are coming back, and I haven't seen the draw, but who are coming back from college. But, you know, you've got guys that are in college, like this Finn Reynolds, um, you know, KP uh, from Wellington. Uh, you've got young junior that's been playing the Grand Slams, Jack Lauter. You've got a young boy out here playing the 18s, uh, Diego. Um, so there's quite a few guys in that area. I don't know the girls as quite as well coming back, but um, I'm sure they're pretty strong, you know, um, are, you know, pretty strong kids from college. So, and that have been out there playing the circuit. So, you know, it's 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 those kids that need this opportunity to 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 sort of match themselves up to see where they want to get because mm. you know the whole thing is so different. Is you know you're playing the the futures all the time. You know, you don't really see what the level is and you don't play against the level. And so to have the opportunity to, to beat your peers and to get out there and play those those players is just a phenomenal, you know, experience for them. So from what you were telling me, Jeff, from what I'm picking up here, is that there is a, um, you know, the future is bright in terms of um, uh, up-and-coming players for New Zealand tennis. There seems to be a lot more, uh, I, I don't know if this is a scholarship thing and there's more available now, but there seems to be a lot more playing at that level than we've had in the past. Yeah, I think there there are a lot of good players. You know, you're seeing quite a few good kids out there. It's just getting the opportunities, which are hard today. And, you know, a lot of them go out and they, unfortunately, they get, kind of get because of financial reasons and everything kind of get stuck at a futures level mm. and that's sort of the first development and then you've got the challenges after that and then to get onto the ATP tour and the difference between the futures and even the challenges in the tour is, is quite huge and it's just playing against that level of player that's how you develop your game more and um, this is what our guys really need it's, it's kind of like if you you know you imagine you come along and you get into the futures you sort of you land there, but you want to jump out of it really quickly. You want to test yourself against the best players, and you know that's how you do it. And you know the only way to do that is to, as I said, get out on the circuit and stay out there until you break through. Really, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it hasn't changed from the days we were out there. You know, we were out there for ten, eleven months of the year, and it's still the same. We just stayed out there till we, you know, the players they broke in. You broke into the circuit, and. Um, so they just got to play at that level, and that's how you get better. There's, um, there's some interesting players coming here. Uh, I was just talking, as I mentioned, to Nicholas Lamprin, and there's two teenage sisters out of the Czech Republic um, whose surname I'm probably going to butcher. In fact, Nicholas even said he just calls them Linda and Brenda. Um, but yeah, um, <laughs> Fruvatova uh, is their surname, and apparently... Yep. Um, uh, Linda, she's the youngest player inside the top 100 in the WTA. She's 17. Her 15-year-old sister, uh, Brenda, has won five straight titles on the ITF Pro Circuit, meaning that's 25 matches in a row, and she's actually won seven titles in total this year. She's only dropped two sets. Wow, that's, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's good. I mean, she obviously sounds ready. Uh, have they made the cut or are they wild cards? Uh, it sounds like that they uh, they're going to be in the cut. It looks like they've. I think they might have given the younger sister a wild card, and the older sister is qualified. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. But I mean that that's a good thing about this tournament, isn't it? Not not only does it give our players a pathway and an opportunity, but it also uh, gives tennis fans here an opportunity to see some players that might be you know the best players in the world in the not too distant future before they blow up. Oh, yeah, that's, well, that's what our tournament has really done because, you know, if you think over the years, the players that we've had here, we've had the Federer's, the Juan Carlos Ferreira's, um, 
the David Nalbandians, the Rafa Nadals, the Quirtons. We've had all those guys when they've been sort of just coming out of juniors. They've come here and, you know, we've been lucky enough to get a few of them back, of course. But um, we've seen them there early and that's what's really exciting for us because we see those guys break through like David Ferrer when he came. You know, he won his first tournament here on hardcore. He'd never won a tournament on hardcore before. And so, you know, he would come back every year in preparation because he felt good here. So to see those type of players when they're younger and then they, you can follow them through their careers, which is, which is a great opportunity because it's, you know, the tournament's perfectly placed, obviously, right before the Australian Open. So we're, we're lucky enough that they want to come here and play. Yeah, uh, indeed. Uh, what about uh, for you personally, mate? I mean, you know, this tournament's been around, um, well, from a men's point of view, it's been around since 1956 uh, in one form or another. Uh, but what does this tournament mean to you? And what are you, what's maybe some of your favourite memories of this tournament? Well, I grew up with the tournament as a player, and I was lucky enough to play it. I got to the, you know, I played some, you know, we used to play, mainly used to be a lot of Australians playing, and we get the odd, um, you know, overseas guy, you know, outside Australia and New Zealand coming down. And then it developed, you know, over the years, it developed where, because it was a sort of a warm-up play uh, tournament for the for the Australian Open, we started to get more and more players to come down. I think the first guy I remember I helped come down here was Miloslav Machia, and he was sixth in the world. And he wanted to come down but because he wanted to come to New Zealand because he loved fly fishing. And so, <laughs> you know, he, he came down and, and played the tournament. And it sort of started from there. We started to get more and more players coming uh, down. And I was lucky enough in those days, I was helping um, Auckland Tennis in the recruitment of those players. And so being on the circuit and having quite a few contacts, um, I was able to, you know, get a few of these guys to come down and, um, you know, it sort of developed from there. And, you know, they made the tournament sort of conducive for the Australian Open where they changed the surface to very similar. They changed the balls to the same ball. Um, they gave the top four seeds a buy so they didn't have to get down here till a Wednesday. And so they've done everything they can to accommodate, you know, the best players they can get for the tournament and you know it's gone from strength to strength you know you've had what we saw what Carl Budge did with it and we've seen now what Nicholas has, has done to recruit and you know having three players I think in the men's top 20s is a great effort you know mm-hmm. and um, so you know we've seen that we've seen the tip we've seen the tournament go through lots of stages and develop to get better and better and better. I looked through some of the former winners, and there's a name that stands out in neon lights from 1974, Bjorn Borg. Um, yeah. I mean, that that was a little bit before my time, Jeff. but what was that like having a guy, you know, who was clearly the best or one of the best two or three players in the world down here at the time, and how much of a uh, uh, circus is probably not the right word, but, I mean, how excited did people get? Yeah, he was very excited to get, obviously, because he's been one of the great come down here but um you know he was with the the agency img and and they used to go around and he came down here and did exhibitions down here but you know coming down early in his career um you know to get down and and play to see him because he wanted you know obviously the hardcore practice but you know just to see a player like that and you know in real life terms it was just it was just phenomenal you know. Yeah. Did you, did you ever get a chance to have a hit with a bloke like that? I mean, I I talked to my uncle over <laughs> over in Australia um, 
who played, uh, he represented New South Wales, but he never went pro. But when they had the tournaments over there, he used to play with some of the top women, female players as warm-up games for them. Did you, you ever get opportunities to have a hit with a guy like that? Well, actually, I played uh, beyond when he was 16 in Davis Cup, and uh, Oni Parent and I were playing, and um, he beat Oni the first day in five sets, and then I played him on the last day, and the match took, you know, quite a number of hours, and, you know, the first three sets were close, and it was two sets to one to him. And by the time I got to the fourth set, you know, he'd worn me down, you know, as you can imagine, playing on clay, mm. the amount of balls that came back, and... Um, you know, we, we we said we we both said there that you know like it's probably one of the toughest matches I'd ever had, and he was still just on his way up. He was only sixteen, and so um, you know, I as I said, I have been fortunate to play. I played him both singles and doubles, and and actually only and I beat them in the doubles, but um, you know they beat us overall, and uh, we played them in Sweden, um, little town called Borstad, which is a a great opportunity and a great memory for us. Yeah, it would be. Chuck that on the CV. Beat Bjorn Borg. Forget about the rest. <laughs> well, you forget about these things, but it was so long ago. But, you know, it was to get the opportunity to play a, to play a, a great like that when he was coming up was, you know, a really, you know, really, you know, at the time you're disappointed that you lose. But, you know, afterwards you feel like, well, you know, I didn't do that badly. Yeah, no, it did. Did pretty damn good, man. Pretty pretty damn yeah. good. Hey, Jeff, thanks very much for coming on having a chat today, mate. Yep. I really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we'll see you at the tennis over the summer, eh? Yeah, we sure will. All right, thanks. good stuff. Jeff yeah. Simpson there with us, uh, former Tour Pro, of course, and Davis Cup captain. Uh, this is The Serve with 1NZ. 1NZ has one awesome summer of sport lined up for you. It is 17 away from midday. You could not be serious. It is our new true or false quiz game we've got here on The Serve, brought to you by One New Zealand. One New Zealand has one awesome summer of sport lined up for you. And uh, on line one, it is Dermot. G'day, Dermot. How are you? How you going? Yeah, good, mate. What uh, what part of the country are you in? I'm down in uh, Southland. Southland. I, I, I noticed the rolled R's. Is, uh, are those Southland rolled R's or are they from somewhere else? They're from uh, Ireland. Uh, which part of Ireland are you from? Uh, Kildare, like it's about half an hour drive from uh, Dublin. Yeah, County Kildare. Yeah, we're uh, Keen Healy country, Keen Healy. Mate, it's all about it's all about it all about Ken Healy. I did a bit of a uh, ticky tour around Ireland a few years ago. We drove uh, drove from Dublin up to Belfast and then back down around the through Cork and then up through uh, Kilkenny and and back to Dublin again. A lovely country. I was there for a couple of couple of weeks and boy, drank my body weight in Guinness. I think while I was there. Yeah, no, nah, yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful country. It's similar to New Zealand, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah similar, mate. Similar. You a big tennis fan? Yeah, I love tennis. Um, big Federer fan. Right, let's see if we can get you a double pass to the uh, ASB Classic hosted by SENZ and One New Zealand, mate. Here's, uh, it's, it's just straight up true or false, all right? So here we go. First question. Chris Lewis is the last New Zealander to win the Auckland men's ATP title. True. So talented, it's beyond a joke. 
So talented, it's beyond a joke. There's year one down. Well done. Well done. Question two. Julia Gorgeous is the defending women's champion. True or false? False. So talented, it's beyond a joke. Oh, well done. He's two from two, correct? Uh, the defending women's champion is actually Serena Williams because the last time we played this was in 2020. But Gorgeous. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, Gorgeous won it in 2019 and in 2018 as well. She is a two time champion. All right, final one. This to get you in the draw to win that uh, double pass and to be hosted by SCNZ and One New Zealand at the ASB Classic over the summer. Michael Venus has never won the ASB doubles title. True or false? True. You cannot be serious. You cannot be serious, Dermot. Come on. Unlucky, my friend. Unlucky. You did so well. He won it in 2016 with Mate Pavic. Oh, he did. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh well. Never mind, mate. Hey, uh, listen in next week. We'll, you'll have another opportunity next week uh, to play. You cannot be serious, and hopefully we can get you there, eh? Okay, thank you. Cheers. Uh, Dermot from Southland, unfortunately, couldn't make it happen for him. We are eight away from midday here on SENZ. This is the serve, thanks to One New Zealand. One New Zealand has one awesome summer of sport lined up for you. And we're three minutes away from midday, which means uh, we're not too far away from midday madness with Staff. G'day, Staff. How are you doing? Good, Ricardo. 3 0. 3 0, mate. <laughs> 3 0. Yeah, yeah. England through, uh, sets up a quarter final with the French. That's. That's um, that's awesome. Oh, mate, there's a couple of great quarterfinals so far. Dutch versus uh, the Argies in the other one. Mm. So uh, that's that's I what you want to see. I looked up when England last played the French. It's 2017 in a friendly. Mm. It's the last time they played them. Yeah. yeah. And they're just neighbours. It's it's amazing you don't get to play them that often. Yeah, it is. I mean, with the Nations League now, that, that might happen a bit more often. But mm. yeah, yeah, no, it's interesting, mate. Hey, we've been doing um, The Serve. It's our, our, our first show with 1NZ today. And... I had a bit of news come out, mate. I, I, I did a news story about um, uh, how Venus Williams has said that she'd like to play again. She's turned 42 in June, mm. but she wants to continue playing. And I mentioned it to Nicholas Lamper, and I said, oh, you know, keep wild card up your sleeve, you never know. He said, she's actually been in touch. Basically, if the Aussie Open give her a wild card, she'll be here. Oh, I'm, go- I'm going if she comes. Yeah. Like, she is my female sporting hero, Venus Williams. And I've told that story before when I had the chance to meet her. Yep. I was in the same room as her, and I just, I, just, I was just like, I'm not worthy. I just couldn't. <laughs> it's only happened twice in my life, her and Tiger Woods, and I had the chance to talk to them, and I just couldn't. Yeah. Did, just you, couldn't. did you do the Wayne's World on your knees? I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy? No, I just walked towards and then just arced away. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't do it. <laughs> couldn't do it. I had nothing. And yet I'd just spoken to Caroline Wozniacki and Naomi Osaka, and then in walks Venus. No, I just couldn't do it. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it just takes your breath away sometimes, eh? Wouldn't pay. Quality, mate. And uh, I tell you one to watch. Um, I was, you know, Nicholas was mentioned uh, there's these two Czech sisters, uh, the Fruvitova sisters, I think that's how you say it, Fruvitova, uh, Linda and Brenda. Linda's 17 and just broken into the top 100. She's the youngest player in the top 100. Brenda may even be better. She's 15. The ITF, which is the tour underneath the WTA, yeah, yeah. she's won 25 matches in a, in a row. She's won, dropped two sets in that time and won five titles. Oh, and they've given so, her a wild card straight in. They've got straight into the main draw. Into the main draw. Wow. Yeah, a couple of so we're going to get some great talent here. We've got Casper Ruud here as well. I think he's the yeah. the world number three now. Uh, Nicholas was saying when they signed him, they thought he'd be nine or ten when he got here. And then he just went on that streak, won the French, got to the US Open final, made the final of the uh, of the end of season tour as well. 
just and you probably got them for the appearance fee of a number ten, yeah. not a number three. <laughs> exactly. So they'll be rubbing their hands together. It's That's almost, awesome. It's almost like playing the stock exchange, isn't it? Mm. For these guys, for, mm. for guys like Nicholas and Carl, the way they do the job. It is. It's yeah. amazing. What have you got coming up on the show this afternoon? Uh, well, Steph? midday madness. Actually, I'll ask you your favourite mm. pinnacle event. So you can pick. Uh, we were going to go say what's your favourite World Cup, mm. and we thought people might just say, "Oh, the football World Cup, the rugby World Cup, uh, the rowing World Cup." But I want an event and the date. So Ooh. is the 2011 Rugby World Cup your favourite World Cup of all time? Is the 2004 Olympics your favourite pinnacle event of all time? No, I think the 1982 World Cup final, which, don't ask me the date, probably sometime in July, 